0: podcast fresh what is up everybody welcome to a friday or saturday or sunday whenever you're hearing this of the podcast fresh cafe this is episode number 18 and uh, as always i am your host ryan Mello, joined by my dark shirt dark shirt wearing co-host chris torres chris what is up man how you doing
1: oh boy Oh boy, I'm good, man. How you doing? You sound mellow. You sound mellow today. I'm just really
0: tired. Uh, I had a, a rough-ass day at work, and I know I usually say I'm tired, but like, trust me, today it was just out of the ordinary. Today I was just like, holy crap. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm pretty mellow for the most part. That, that is my last name, so I have to live up to the last name. Um,
1: when you were <laughs> in school, did the kids sing um, uh, that Mellow Yellow song? All the fucking time. Yeah. Yellow Mellow.
0: We had uh, Ryan Marshmallow. Uh, I had a couple names.
1: Yeah, I went with the school. Well, I, I went to um high school with a, la- a kid with the last name Mello, mm. Jeff Mello, I think. Anyway, no he's one of these guys that was like really really smart, but for some reason in grade twelve, thirteen, he just started like you know skipping class and stuff. I'm like, what the fuck you yeah. doing? You know, like it's just so weird to see like this really smart kid who's like super super smart. Right. Um, all of he's not going to class and anything like that. But anyway. Uh yeah, and he used to sing. We they, they, people used to sing that song to him, not in any kind of like bullying kind of way, but it's kind of like oh, it's mellow, mellow, whatever. Yeah, the yeah fuck it's, or, you know it's what I mean. Basically, the story of my life as well.
0: Yeah, mellow, mellow. Yeah, no, I'm all right though. Um, you look relaxed
1: too. How has your week been? Good, man. I've been really busy at work, but um, just kind of getting through it. It's been really annoying though, because I go out and like I'm, I meet people at their houses to give them quotes and stuff like that. But this week, and I've been keeping outside, but this week it's been raining. Mm -hmm. So I've just been outside, like, in the rain the entire time. And uh, now my throat's getting a little scratchy, so it's no doubt a receipt from that. But, uh, you know, just staying staying busy, staying hungry. And uh, I'm still playing Days Gone. I'm almost done. I'm pretty sure I'm I'm in the last little bit of it. I'm in a whole new town now. And uh, I've reached a part of the map that I couldn't access before, so... um, You know, I'm excited about that. You know what I mean? Aside from that, watching the Maple Leafs getting ready for the playoffs as we drop, you know, elbow drops on these motherfuckers. You know, we're taking on the Vancouver Canucks tonight. We're taping this on uh, Thursday. So, um, yeah, man, that's kind of what I've been up to. Just uh, it's kind of it, man. just been doing my thing, watching a little pro wrestling, watching a little sports, working, you know. That's all you can do because there's not much else (laughs) that we're allowed to do. This is true. It's the usual. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, that's good. So Days Gone yes. is almost off your uh, off your hands. That's good to hear.
1: Yeah, I'm almost done. Um, it's been fun. I filled a nice little void. Uh, now I'm just on the edge of my seat and getting ready to the end uh, and see where the story, the story goes on this game. So, yeah, it's been pretty good. And I don't even know how to check how many hours I'm in, so I'll probably do that at the end. Right. But... Uh, yeah, I'm easily about 25 to 30 hours into the game at this point I would imagine, oh, yeah. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I I drew a uh, Paper Mario on the the fresh prince raffle. So I went back uh yesterday and I played a bit. Y- dude, I am I did not realize how at the end of that game I am. Like I can technically beat it tomorrow. I have like one last thing to do. Um it's kind of jarring going back to a game you haven't played in like two or 3 years you play it you get to the end you drop it then you go back 3 years later to finish it uh i had to do a lot of like wikipedia and stuff just to catch up with the story because i was so like i kind of remembered but i was like for most things i was like w- what the hell is this and then yeah. getting familiar with the hub world again and trying to <laughs> find the location podcast all like you got to take a blimp to this island You got to take a train to this place. You got to go through the sewers to get to this place. Like there's a lot of locations and near the end, it requires you to go to a lot of those locations. So I had to look up a, like an online map to see what pipes I need to take to get to those places. It was like, man, this sucks. (laughs) But back then I knew everything was. Um, but yeah, I'm right at the end. So I think by the next podcast, I'll, I'll probably say I finished it. I plan on finishing it tomorrow. So we'll see how it is. Um, I did a couple boss fights because I am, you know, in the last chapter. It's hard as shit, but I'm also, like, not really playing the game like I was. So, I'm, like, on top of getting to know, like, where everything is, the mechanics of the battle system is, like, something I need to relearn as well and all the mm-hmm. moves and stuff. So, it, it is weird. I hope I never do something like this again. I hope I just finish the game when I'm playing it because, Jesus, this is, like, a pain in the ass. But it's all right. It's still right. a good game. <sighs>
1: other than that it's been
0: wrestling all the day all the time and uh we're gonna get into that right now but before we do i just want to remind everybody that you could follow us on instagram at podcast fresh on twitter at podcast fresh to and facebook and youtube us podcast fresh will pop up and
1: now it's time for the sport of kings Sport of Kings and uh, do not drink your water just yet because you're going right back on Matt Riddle. Um, oh shit! And Randy Orton, what did you think? Um, we're progressed a little bit with the storyline here. We had kind of Riddle and Orton backstage, kind of playing like the, the the odd couple, sort of with uh, Matt Riddle, sort of just annoying, just annoying Randy Orton. I have to admit though, the way uh, and I don't know if you saw this, but so I'll just go ahead into it anyway. The way that they were written actually made sense like i I actually liked when um when uh when matt riddle says to him wow you're the apex predator what is that <laughs> <laughs> and Randy Orton just looks at this guy like this fucking mark you know uh but he did it you know he didn't kill him or anything and then you know uh they ended up in a in a, in a tag team match so um and they won uh over poor um <laughs> over poor uh, Shelton Benjamin and um, the hell is the other guy's oh, name? I've already forgotten his name. Cedric, Cedric yeah. Cedric. <laughs> I always forget Cedric's name, um, even though he's a tremendous talent. But what did you think of the odd couple dynamic here? I thought I actually put this in my good part of Raw. I actually enjoyed this little bit with Riddle Orton. No doubt we can get the good matches going here. Um, but for once, the backstage element was not cringe-inducing. I actually did enjoy the little back and forth there, especially him not knowing... What an apex predator was. I thought that was kind of cute for lack of a better term. What do you think about these two idiots? This is easily my favorite part of Raw right now. Uh,
0: that's, uh, I don't know. Is it a testament to how good or bad it is? Maybe. But it's easily the most entertaining and it's the most well-written. And I enjoy both these guys as wrestlers anyway. I think it's funny. Uh, Riddle, my favorite part of this was they did a, an after-match interview, post-match interview and um they were like you know riddle was just going on about oh we're gonna be a tag team next week we're gonna get all the titles we're gonna go to nxt and get those titles and then randy's just like we take it one day at a time and then he's just like all right bro i'll text you and then he's like please yeah don't (laughs) and then he's it popped me he riddles like i get it he's more of a facetime guy it's like what the fuck yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: (laughs) but uh it's just funny. I like the dynamic, man. And it's funny. I saw this. Uh, I saw this interview that Randy did recently this week, saying about how his first interaction with Riddle actually wasn't great. Uh, Riddle was new, right? He went up right. to Riddle and he, and he was just like, "Oh, look, look who it is! Look who it is!" Like kind of like you know, just little the little wel- welcoming rub. And Riddle apparently looked at him. His eyes were red as shit, and he walked away. And Randy took that as disrespect. So I'm glad that. That didn't hinder them in any way, and they're able to pull like, you know, put that aside or whatever, make up whatever, whatever the case is, and uh, get to pull off a nice little story together. Obviously, they're over it, but um, yeah. In terms of that, the the feud is cool. I like the little story. I hope it continues, and um, it's been good so far. The writing is obviously what what concerns me the most with this. Um, yeah, like we I, don't want it no to the wrestling will be good. Like we don't
1: want it to get too cute. Like it's cute now. And WWE yeah. has a way of, like, just beating something to death, right?
0: To death. Like, you know. So, it's like, I just, please, yeah, make it funny now because it's the introduction, you know. Set up your stuff. But once they're a tag team and if they actually win gold, don't have Riddle still being a goofball. Like, obviously, he's going to be a goofball. But, like, I think him and Randy should be on another level at that point. Don't, don't keep doing this is my my main concern but i like it right now
1: yeah i mean obviously i think the end game is a high profile or medium profile uh randy orton uh riddle match at some point for sure but i would like to if they are going to wrestle like that i would much more prefer it in kind of a respect angle versus something dastardly happens and it forces randy orton to you know he's going to that place It should just be more about, like, a respect, kind of like Jeff Hardy, Undertaker. Like, that's kind of the dynamic. Whoever wins or loses the program, if Riddle wins, he's elevated to the next thing. If Orton wins, he's elevated to maybe a world title match. But he shouldn't leave Riddle in the dust. They should both be elevated uh, from this program. And just like I said last week, I really think that because this is a Randy Orton program, I think both of them uh, will benefit here, especially Matt Riddle. He's at least in a program that's not going to be dog shite.
0: Right. Yeah, 100%. I agree.
1: Bobby Lashley did a promo standing tall. Um, That was kind of it. Just looking good in a suit. He was wearing these ridiculous, like, Tony Montana-inspired glasses. Um, He looked really, really good. And it's so funny because there was, like, a meme. And it was, like, when Monday Night Raw goes on. And it's just, like, a zoomed-in picture of Bobby Lashley wearing the the dark glasses. (laughs) It's just that it was really (laughs) stupid. Um, We had your boy D-Mac, Drew Mac, taking on Braun Strowman. Uh, that was the main event of the show with the stipulation being that if Braun Strowman wins. He's now gets inserted into the, as a triple, uh, threat match, um, for the world title with, uh, Bobby Lashley. So, you know, the main event was fine. Um, I just thought Strowman, uh, is in really, really good shape and he worked really hard here. Anything to add to this one?
0: Uh, no, I share the same sentiment. Uh, he looked good. He's been looking good. It's kind of like uh, he just had to get past the whole Shane McMahon shit to, to get here. And whether that's on purpose or not, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that was always in the cards, but he's here and I hope he's utilized properly because I don't know. I'm kind of a
1: fan that he's here, but we'll get into that. Um, Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Strowman. I think... Three years ago. I think they pulled the trigger on him way too late, you know, making him roll. By the time they put the strap on him like a year ago or two years, whenever the fuck it was already like, I was like, oh, you know, you put the belt on him when he's a scary guy. You don't put the belt on him when he's doing comedy and that whole Alexa Bliss, Odd Couple bullshit mixed tag team gimmick thing they did on Facebook that 5,000 people watched. Um I didn't like any of that, so it's going to take me a while to get back into Strowman, but... yeah, I thought he looked good, and he worked really, really hard. That's it. That's the only g- good part about Raw was the Riddle Orton thing. Bobby Lashley's promo was decent, and then Strowman was in good shape. That's it. The rest of it was all dog shite. Um, McIntyre loses again. I'm not going to um, you know, strum that guitar too hard. It's okay. I realize it's leading to a triple threat match, so that's fine. Um, Strowman's inserted into the world title match, um, the triple threat at WrestleMania backlash and uh you said more on that later so give us the more what did you have to add about Strowman being inserted into that match
0: i'm just kind of over bobby and drew (laughs) is my point (laughs) Uh, right it's just it's just boring i don't know i can't get into either of them uh i don't buy i mean i buy the feud i guess but at the same time just the way we got here has been so weird um and now it's like there's still, I don't know, I guess I'm just, I'm really, I'm sick of Drew more than anything, just being in the title picture. I just think, you know, give someone else a chance at this point. Like, whenever I see a hit, like, no offense, I like Drew to a certain extent. It's just, at this point, it's just, it's just so much. Uh, I'm getting, like, Cena vibes. And I know that that's crazy to say, but still, that's how I feel. Uh, it's just like, he's just always in your face. Right. And Braun being inserted into the triple threat kind of shakes it up and makes it more interesting for me um even though he probably won't be the winner of that it just it does do something so that's why i'm you know a fan of this i understand why you might not be just because Strowman, you know like you said they pulled the trigger way too late uh he kind of lost that intimidation because we know he could be like a sweetie so Mm -hmm. I, i get it but I think it's nice to have fresh bro- blood inserted into this feud because honestly it's just it's it's just really gotten stale. And when it was announced that they were going to have another match at Backlash, my first thought was like Jesus.
1: No. The thing is, um I think part of the problem is that there's something that you said that's wrong, but I think part of the problem is that there's just there's nobody else. And that's more an indictment on That is the problem. That's more an indictment on the show, on the creators and the writers. More than anything else, this is not a shot at uh, any of the performers. You know, McIntyre is fine. No. Um, we just want to see some new bodies in there. Dude, I thought by now, like, it, Brock Lesnar would be back, and we'd be getting ready for, like, maybe Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, or something like that, but so far it hasn't happened, and uh, it just seems really, really repetitive right now on Raw.
0: Definitely. The only good thing I... Uh, like, besides uh, Riddle and Orton, I'm a... F- I'm a pretty big Damian Priest fan. I actually really like the guy. Um, so whenever he's on TV, like I, I eagerly look at what's going to happen. But again, he's in like one of the most boring feuds ever with the Miz and, and who is it? Miz Elias Riker whatever. I, I can't. Even, I don't even know who it is. No, it's the Miz and, and Morrison. But again, it's like I just wish there was more. I, I honestly I need more bodies. I need more people. I wish there was more people. Uh seeing the same like 10 people, 9 people every week is really like starting to weigh on me. It's like it's why why do we keep running into this with AEW and WWE? Like AEW has way too much guys, and WWE doesn't have enough guys. Right. There's always a, a too much, too little with these two companies and it's like wh- why can't you guys find a sweet spot, goddamn Right. It. But that's how I feel about it. I guess I'm just really over the faces that I see every week, especially when they're not being utilized to their, like, you know, maximum potential.
1: Um, it's just been a really redundant show. We had uh, Riker Elias Miz taking on the New Day and Damian Priest. Um, this match went about uh, two hours. I mean, they just fought forever with, <laughs> um, you know, uh, New Day and Priest. You know, I mean, this was fine. I mean, but it was just... It was too long. and I, I didn't care by that point. This Monday night ride started at eight o'clock. By about eight fifty, I was done. I was done with this show. I was just finished with it. So, um, right. there you go. Charlotte showed up with her uh, million-dollar teeth, super annoying. Uh, she's now feuding with the referee. This is kind of strange, um, you know. So we're just seeing, uh, you know, Charlotte browbeating uh, people around her, and I guess this is setting up for a world title match. But I'm not exactly sure you know where it's going but we have Charlotte inserted back in here and um it won't be a it will be a you know it'll just be before you know it she'll be going for the world title again but um yeah that's kind of like the new Charlotte character just the feuding with the ref thing is kind of weird they did this really stupid spot on the show where um I think Charlotte was going to be whipped into the corner and the referee was there and he was like whoa like and Charlotte stopped herself and she goes get out of my way which was such a ridiculous thing to say because if he wasn't in the way Charlotte would have just ran into the corner which I thought was kind of weird so by saying that I thought that was kind of um, it was kind of stupid
0: yeah I'm not a fan of it either she's way too uh, she's extra she's so extra she's so like obnoxious and yeah it's not it's not cool
1: uh, I don't mind the character, I just think it's it's a really annoying character, um, but I just I don't know where it's going. And, um, you know, we've seen her story arc change a couple different times, especially when she was brought in right after Rumble to set up for the Mania program with Lacey Evans, that got derailed after Lacey Evans got pregnant. But I would argue that it wasn't exactly, that program was not, you know, going to light the world on fire or, or headline the card anyway, but... There you go. You had the Charlotte Flair, but everything on the show was horseshit. Uh, the only good part was Riddle, Orton, um, Strowman—decent, uh, good work there in the main event—and that's about it. We get ready for next week. Um. So yeah, what's eating Monday Night Raw? What's the main issue here? I feel like. I feel like there's just not enough not enough progression of the guys underneath the main card. It almost feels like everybody underneath the, the world title picture isn't being pushed like at all. And what ends up happening is you just have a program filled with guys that are from like bottom to mid tier. And there's not really a lot else going on. Um, you know, there's a million guys missing from the show. You know, yeah, Omus, AJ Styles, they haven't showed up since mania. I don't know why they're off the show. You know, Keith Lee, I think he's been battling some uh, health stuff, so he's been gone for a little while, too. Um, Just several people. John Morrison was missing this week as well. So there's just a lot of people that are uh, not consistently on the show, and it just feels like it's like the same five, six guys just being shuffled over and over and over again. So I think that's a huge problem with Raw. The other thing is, you know, wins and losses not mattering. You know, it's just yeah you lose one week now nah, you'll get your win back the next week it's kind of like that 50-50 booking so um and we we yeah. don't see any storylines that actually have a conclusive finish to them you know we saw bobby lashley defeat drew mcintyre clean at wrestlemania and now not only is drew mcintyre back in it but it almost feels like you know like if they put the belt on mcintyre at the next pay-per-view then that WrestleMania finish really didn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, those are just some of the issues with Raw. What do you think some of the problems with Raw are?
0: Man, the biggest one to me, obviously, I I touched on uh, not enough talent. The same faces being shuffled over and over again really takes a toll on the viewer. But uh, I honestly miss the days where the championships felt important. And... Besides Roman's title, because he talks about it like, you know, it's life or death, which is what you should be doing. A lot of these titles, I just, uh, they're just objects at this point. Like, I don't feel any kind of um, intensity or sense of urgency when it comes to a belt or a title defense. It's just something that someone has and they might lose it after that match. I like, I don't know, back in the day, I think that they used to do this, like, it was just hype and like, even if it was the Intercontinental or the United States Championship, like if someone won that, they would throw pyro and fireworks on a Monday Night Raw. Now it's like, oh, there's your new champion. Oh, okay, and then he goes and then he does some bullshit YouTube backstage interview and then he just talks about how you know it's pretty much the same recycled speech from the last guy. And then you know next week he'll probably defend it. He'll probably just do a match. It's just it's it's the same thing over and over and over again. And I think at some point you got to look at it like we need to re reissue like the importance of titles because in any kind of not just pro wrestling but mma uh boxing whatever kind of uh physical sport you want to call the title means everything so why is it that the title means nothing in this i get it it's a fixed sport whatever you want to call it but it's a, it should still mean something and to me the minute they lost track of that was the minute i kind of stopped caring about the storylines, because the storylines are now suffering. Instead, we got goofy storylines like, you know, the R-Truth stuff. I get it's for comedic effect, but honestly, that's a title and it's being treated like a joke. Um, and the other goofy stuff, I don't know. Like, I, w- when I think of um, Naya and Shayna, those two are the weirdest w- cases of that because they are the women's t- uh, champions. They. They have random weeks where it's like they come out, they can't get, get it together or something. And then other weeks they have it down packed to a T and they're dominant as fuck. It's just why? Why is it like that? And then there's like no really, there's no like true competitors to those titles. It's just whatever women's tag team that gets slapped together, whichever one comes out of that curtain is the one they're going to face for, for that week or that those two weeks of that feud. I don't know. I think storylines are, are missing. I think championships aren't important anymore. And uh, like I said, the same five people wrestling every week against, you know, different people within those five really hinders the whole, uh, the whole show.
1: Yeah. I think part of the problem with the women's tag team division on Raw is that it's a pretty shitty division. I mean, it really is. You have uh, hot. Take. You have Nia Jax, uh, Shayna Baszler as your champions. Some weeks they get along, some weeks they don't get along. They, su- they do seem to win, so at least that's consistent. And they've they've really made Nia Jax's leg drop really powerful. I haven't seen anybody really kick out of that move. So in that sense, it works. Right. But then the other contenders are uh, Dana Brooke and Mandy. I mean, that's the best we got. And then we have um, Lana and uh, what's the other chick's name? Naomi. Naomi. That's it. That's kind of your division right there. Plus whatever else they stick together, you know. Um, Women's division, again, uh, you know, completely watered down. None of these programs make sense. Um, Nothing is really, really that strong. So nothing really sticks. And that's why championships don't, nothing really matters right now. Um, it's just content. WWE is pumping out content so they can fill up these digital services with content because the people want content. Um, But it's just not good. It's just shit over and over and over again. And um, yeah, this show really... It wasn't as bad as last week, but it was still nothing to write home about.
0: Here's something. I was watching a bit of NXT, and I saw the part where Adam Cole got interviewed... And he's, like, in a nice suit. He's acting like a cocky asshole. But at the same time, he's delivering the goods. He's talking about how Kyle O'Reilly isn't ready for the main event. He isn't ready to be champion. And he knows that. And he understands the anxiety that comes with that. And, like, the promo was so good. And I haven't even been really following NXT. But I know of what's been going on. And I'm not really into that feud. Like, I haven't really consistently watched what's going on. But with that one video made me give a shit about the feud more than me watching Raw every week could ever give me uh, make me give a shit about any any feud that's going on in there. The mm-hmm. last feud I gave a shit about on Monday Night Raw was two feuds and both for bad reasons. Bad bunny because it's bad bunny. That's it. And um oh shit, what else? Uh-huh. I had it and I lost it. Remember, remember, remember <laughs> Oh, The Fiend. Mm-hmm. The Fiend and Alexa and Randy. Because it was different and weird. Now, th- those two feuds, I never once said they were good. I just said they're interesting because they're different. Were they good? Questionable. Um, any other thing, like any anything else, it's like any regular wrestling feud where it's like there is a wrestling match and there isn't any superpowers or celebrities. I Why don't I give a shit about that? I find that's a huge problem. Why am I tuning in to watch Bad Bunny and not uh fucking whoever the fuck? Elias. That's a terrible mm. example, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm not tuning in for the right reasons. And WWE, in a way, doesn't even care about that because it's what you're saying. You got to pump content. If you got a mega celebrity on there like Bad Bunny, good for you. Good for business. You're going to be pumping out content with him. You're going to be getting a lot of eyeballs eyeballs that you usually don't get and i get it at the end of the day it's business but man at the end of the day the fans are the ones that make you the business and when you start treating us like fucking
1: idiots i think it's a problem well the thing is the company's making money and that that seems to really it goes against whatever you think or i think you know they're pumping out this product and and you know the ratings haven't really dipped all that much i mean yeah, of course, if you look at it year over year, they have, but I mean, they're still right around that 2 million, 1.9, 1.8 for Raw, 2 million, 2.1, 2.2 for SmackDown. So you're right around that same uh, ballpark. Nothing is really moving the needle one way or the other, but they're definitely not doing a very good job of trying to move the needle in a, in a positive manner.
0: No, not at all. I'm still waiting for when this happens. Uh, I will say. Comparing Raw and SmackDown, I think SmackDown's the better show, but I think it's just because Roman is such a beast at what he's doing that that is the one reason why it's like, yeah, okay, I want to see what he did this week. Um, And Bianca Belair is a nice little change of pace for a champion. I'm still yet to see what they're going to do with her, but again, it's something to keep me tuned in.
1: Yeah, SmackDown's definitely been the better program. I mean Sami Zayn's been uh, he's been really good as well with all that crazy dancing. He seems to he seems to come out every week trying to top his dance from the week before, you know. Um, but yeah, there's some good <laughs> stuff there for sure. Let's flip over to AEW. Um Hangman Page losing to Brian Cage. This was the first match on Dynamite this week. Uh, Hangman Page coming into this match, the number one uh, ranked guy in the world uh, title thing. You would think Hangman versus Cage. It's going to go, you know, 20 minutes. Hangman's going to win a close one. Dark Order's going to come down there. They're going to raise him up. And, you know, Team Taz might get involved. Uh Uh-uh. The match goes six minutes. And Brian Cage pins him clean. Brian Cage now has a, um, you know, has a say at least into uh, raising his hand and asking for uh, a shot or maybe a number one contendership uh, coming soon. Um, What did you think about this little change in the booking? I
0: mean, it's definitely interesting. Um, Brian Cage is is an interesting dude to me. Uh, A guy that looks like a million bucks. He could definitely be a world champion um i mean he's been a world champion um but i i i'm not gonna lie i wanted hangman to kind of get back on
1: track with this he is on track and what are you talking about he's the number one guy
0: no 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 i don't think so because i think it's kind of like what we said about the talent once AEW had signed so many people uh you know and it's just uh, so many faces hangman to me got lost in that shuffle for a while Hmm. and okay maybe recently they've been trying to pull the trigger on like resetting it getting him back back into the limelight like he has had his own little uh little stories and stuff with the dark order and shit but to me i really think i find it odd that he was never in the title picture with omega moxley i honestly thought he should have been there personally maybe not everyone feels that way uh but i think he was top caliber like that So seeing him in these matches, it's cool. It's not like he's not important, but I just I think I would have preferred him maybe a little higher on the tier list uh, in terms of talent.
1: There you go. Um, Okay, Christian Cage and Taz, they had another face to face. This one was not anything classic, but it was basically uh, Taz or Christian rather getting into Taz's face. And again, Christian kind of healing here, saying that Taz has just got this demeanor because he wishes he could do what Christian does like, relax, buddy. You're one headache away from retiring again. Um, but uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Taz put the uh, Taz mission on Christian. I think that'd be an awesome visual. I just don't know if Taz can do anything physical at this point. But um, we had that little face-to-face in the back. Anything to add here, Ryan? I didn't watch it. Okay. Part, so, so, yeah, they no. just had that little one-on-one, and Christian Cage uh, is going to take on... Uh, ricky stocks at some point pinnacle inner circle inner inner circle a parlay this was basically a stable versus stable uh promo off and um there wasn't a single punch thrown in this entire segment but this segment was better than anything that was on uh bra this was uh awesome this was just 10 guys going at it eight of them picked up mics i think the only two that didn't talk were uh um, Hager, Hager and, uh, didn't talk and Wardlow didn't talk, which is fine. Yeah. Everybody else had a chance. Um, Santana was awesome again. And um, really, really good promo. Uh, MJF went uh, thanking Chris Jericho, thanking him for for, you know, making a W what it is and for having he goes, I'll give it to you. You have the best table. I'll give you that. And then, of course, Chris Jericho goes last and he goes, you're a fucking idiot to even think that um, you can, uh, you know, that you're, you know, you deserve any kind of spot except for what you work for kind of thing. And uh, he promises that uh, he's going to kick his ass at uh, Blood and Guts. So this was good. This was a serious Chris Jericho promo, which which I like because it gets him away from kind of like that cutesy sing-song stuff from last week that I wasn't even uh, uh, that big a fan of. But... Um, Really, really good parlay here. I've never, it's interesting because, you know, if it's a WWE interview segment, it's going to go like 25 minutes. And I'm just kind of like, oh my God, do I go and make myself a sandwich an <laughs> hour, you know? But with the, um, with the AEW ones, they keep these relatively quick paced and short. They get to the point. They're not, you know, they're not out there for 30 minutes. I think this might have been a 10, 15 minute segment tops. So, Um, really, really good. What'd you think about this segment? It was
0: fantastic. Easily my favorite, uh, maybe my highlight of the week in wrestling in general. I, I saw this clip twice, thought it was great, man. Fire in everyone's voice. Uh, I really liked when everyone kind of, uh, the pinnacle were kind of antagonizing Jericho. And when they got to Sammy, they were like, this man is leading you down a black hole. And I was like, no, I don't say that. What the fuck? And then I liked how Jericho kind of had his turn after. And he was just like, you made this guy stop. You made this guy leave my group. And it was all your fault. And I really felt that. Right. See, this was like, it's what you said. Um, I'm glad Jericho was more uh, calm here. He didn't have to go off and turn all red and shit for a third week in a Mm -hmm. row. I thought this spoke volumes uh, way more than if he did that again. So I was really happy with this. Um, And MJF putting over Jericho like that, man, it's just giving that, like, not an anti-hero vibe, because obviously MJF's a heel, 100%, but it's like, you kind of, you kind of fucking feel for the guy in a way, because it's like, he's young as shit, guaranteed looked up to the guy, and he's praising him, and it's almost like MJF wishes he was him. MJF wishes that he, he had more of that for himself. Um and it's just building up to a really interesting feud between all of them. Um, yeah, I'm just excited for next week, honestly. It's, uh, they did a good job here. And one thing they did that I will praise this shit out of, no punches thrown, no fucking crazy-ass chaotic shit at the end. They got there, they did a promo, and that was it. If this was WWE, the whole fucking locker room would have came from the back and tried to kill everybody.
1: Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about uh, having no contact. So next week, that'll be the blood and guts match. So that'll be um, that'll be a good card to look forward to. We have the inner circle: Chris Jericho, uh, Jack Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz taking on the Pinnacle, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, uh, Cash Wheeler, Dax Hardwood with uh, Tully Blanchard. That bastard's probably going to get involved somehow. Blood and guts match, double double cage. Uh, excuse me, double ring surrounded by a cage. I th- I'm not sure if they're going to go with or without a roof. Um, when, WWE, when NXT did it, they actually removed the roof, which mm-hmm. made it kind of cool because then the guys could do like a lot of their high-flying stuff without having to worry about this fucking caged roof. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that match. Um if if it's booked traditionally, then the heels will have the advantage two to one. So basically, saying a heel and a face will start off the match first, and then every however many minutes a new person will come in. But to start things off, it'll definitely be uh, it'll be the heels having the extra person every five six minutes or whenever uh, you know the guys come out. So should be a good match. Um, it's so funny because. Last week, we talked about how long this show could be. You had mentioned something about maybe this could be a one-match show. And I said, I can't see it being a one-match show. But what I can see it being is a three-match show. But now there's five matches listed. Yeah. Which, to me, is a lot. It's a lot because, you know, the rest of the card It's not like these are five-minute matches. So Mm. I'm almost guessing one of these matches might be moved or two of these matches might be moved or not air next week but um yeah it's interesting. Uh inner circle pinnacle what do you think happens in this one? Who do you think wins, Ryan? Oh that's easily the
0: hardest one to call. Um hmm. oh, damn. I don't know. Maybe they, they do maybe they do the inner circle. Um kind of like that victory they get for all the shit mjf put them through but at the same time that's easily how you kill the, the the pinnacle and stop the momentum dead in their tracks maybe the pinnacle needs to win i'm not sure i'm just gonna say the inner circle for the sake of choosing
1: i would put the uh, pinnacle over i think there's with a the pinnacle winning you can always set up a rematch or even a number three um i always thought that the blood and guts match was uh being pushed way too quickly mm-hmm. But once I wrap my mind around the fact that this isn't the final battle, um, it's all good. A Blood and Guts match should be the final battle, but it's not here, so it's all good. I think the pinnacle wins. Um, and then you continue this feud. Now, how do you get to that win? Uh, could be one of many different things. I, I you know, I still want to see Sammy Guevara and MJF go at it, yeah. but that would mean removing Chris Jericho as the main guy, as the leader, at least temporarily, so... I don't know if you beat the hell out of him after the match or, uh, you know, maybe you pillmanize Chris Jericho's leg inside of a steel chair. You do something to get Chris Jericho off of TV. And then you have a pissed off Sammy Guevara show up with the remaining members of the inner circle and he declares that this war is far from over. And, uh, you know, Santana can say that uh, once again, what they did to uh, Jericho, those are bitch moves and everything is going to have a receipt. And then you build up to uh, another match at some point down the line. And then, of course, you can lead it to maybe the, uh, the the Stampede match where you can maybe have Chris Jericho come back at that point. But there's so many different ways you could go. You could have the Inner Circle win. Um, and there's and the, the feud could still continue. You can have the Inner Circle win. Maybe somebody slips in a banana peel. The Inner Circle wins. And then after the match, the pinnacle just beat the shit out of the Inner Circle. But... Uh, We'll see about uh, we'll see about that one. So should be interesting. Um, one guy that gets a lot of hate, and uh, I can kind of see it, but I personally don't hate the guy, Sean Spears. Um, he's kind of always been kind of like the odd man out. People make fun of him because he's just he's a little bit vanilla, you know, and he hasn't really been able to find his stride. You know, he dyed his hair blonde, then he cut it, then he buzz cut it, <laughs> then you know. Um, and then he changes, you know, his his, his uh, style from like a power guy to like a technician dude, and um, he's definitely a, a lot higher profile now that he's with this stable and with Tully Blanchard in the background than he had been before. But uh, I look for Sean Spears to do something cool in this match, um, especially after he was given a pretty decent mic time during the uh, during the parlay. So I expect uh, Sean Spears to do something cool here. Cash Wheeler and Dax, I I'm you know, I'm those two guys are, are, are gonna hold it down in terms of the wrestling. And then of course uh, Wardlow and Wardlow and Jack Hager can't wait to see uh, what kind of power spots they come up with. But yeah, man, should be a really good match. It could go either way because there's so many uh, moving parts in that match.
0: Oh definitely. I'm gonna rely on uh, Co- Sammy yeah, go ahead. Sammy to pull off the crazy high flying shit here. Uh, dude's incredible.
1: Cody Rhodes taking on QT Marshall uh, with Nick Kamaruki, uh, Anthony Ogogo, the KO man, and Aaron Solo. Uh, Cody Rhodes here holding it down for the American family. Cody Rhodes, QT Marshall. Damn, who do you got in on this one, man? Cody made a really strong return this
0: week. Um, I'm going to say Cody. Just straight up Cody. I think Cody needs a win.
1: Cody Rhodes showing up in the bus and uh, beating the shit out of uh, QT Marshall on Dynamite uh, sets up the comeback. Um, Again, this is another one that I could see this feud continuing, or you could have just Cody Rhodes win. But um, I almost feel like Cody Rhodes is kind of just part-time at this point. Not forever, but just like temporarily. Like, there might be stuff going on in his life. He just seems really, really busy. Um, You know, pregnant wife and everything else. So... I'm going to guess I'm going to go with QT Marshall on this one and uh, stick with the heels. I think he's going to get the win over Cody Rhodes. There's just too many weapons that QT can utilize. You got Nick Camarado, Anthony Agugu, uh, Aaron Papadibupi. There's a bunch of different guys there, (laughs) and um, I can just see QT getting the win here. QT's won me over with that kind of like he's such a he's got that good mean guy face. Like if you saw him at the bar, he's not somebody you'd fuck with. You know what I mean? Like a big dude you know doesn't have a six pack or anything like that but you can tell he's like stronger than shit um he's he's his throwback I think and uh, I think QD, QT gets the uh, the win here QT. Kenny Omega and MT Nakazawa with Don Callis taking on John Moxley and Eddie Kingston this one was set up this week after um, basically Moxley and Kingston threatened to Pillmanize Kenny Omega's knee and it forced Don Callis to say, okay, 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 we'll give you anything you want. We'll give you the match. We'll give you the match. So we have Jean Moxley and uh, Eddie Kingston uh, taking on uh, Kenny Omega and uh, MT, because that's what he is. He's an MT, not Kazaba, with his key, with his uh, laptop. Um, tag team match. I mean, I mean, it could go either way, but uh should be a fun little match. I don't think this one goes long, but maybe it goes 10 minutes. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'll agree. It's not a crazy high-profile match, I don't think. Um, it, the fact that Nakazawa's in there just kind of r- r- gives me the idea that they're just looking for an excuse uh, that Omega can lose and it doesn't hurt him. Uh, so I think... I'll probably just go with Moxley just just based on that thought. I feel like that would easily be a way to give Moxley and Kingston a win. Omega can lose, but he doesn't have to lose uh, looking looking weak because Nakazawa could be the one that, you know, loses it for them. And he's obviously been the joke character.
1: Yeah, although I will say with... Yeah, I'm sure they're looking for an excuse to not have Omega get pinned. But what I will say is at the very least... We know from day one of AEW that uh, Nakazawa and Omega have been BFFs. Yeah. So that part, it's not like they're just out of the blue; they're friends. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, it's the per. It's an excuse. You're right, but it's the perfect excuse. Mm-hmm. Next match. This is the one that I think we will not see on the card. I think this one is just here to. Um, this one's just here to fill some space. Britt Baker with Rebel, not Reba, taking on to be announced in a singles match. Uh, I got nothing else to say here. I don't think this match will even make it to the air. This is the buffer match that will eventually get moved to the following week. And it's perfect because um, Britt Baker can come out and she's the perfect character to be like, I know nobody wants to put me over here, but I'm I'm out here making my own time, yada, yada, because she can get away with those kind of promos. So um, I have nothing else to add here. I don't think this match will even take place. Right.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's It's already pretty stacked as it is. Uh, what you're saying though, um, it, it does make perfect sense for her to come out and be like, "So I couldn't make the stupid cut for the stupid ass uh, show or whatever," because she already came out a couple weeks ago and you know laid the promo about how she's the best and all that. So definitely could help with the character. Um, but yeah, I don't think the I don't think the match is happening.
1: Okay. And then we have SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. This is a storyline that's kind of been put on the back burner, but here it is back on TV. So for those following Chris Daniels and uh, Frankie Kazarian, they came up short. I believe it was a tag team title match. I can't remember. But anyway, they made they were going to break up, but then they decided they made an announcement on um, The Waiting Room with uh, Britt Baker and Rebel, that the next time they lose, they will separate. You will never see them tag team again. Since then, they've gone unbeaten. And uh, SoCal, they are now the number one uh, contenders for the tag team uh, championship. So next week, we're going to have a four-way tag team match for the championships. SoCal Uncensored taking on Jurassic Express, which is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus taking on the varsity blondes brian pillman uh, and griff garrison versus the acclaimed and the winners will sorry did i see this for the belts this is for the winners will take on the uh, for the tag team championships uh one week later so um the funny part is i like socal censored. i like chris daniels and frankie kazarian um But for my taste, I would have had Scorpio Sky in there. But I've realized they're doing other things with Scorpio. But I like Scorpio as part of this unit. And I feel like Scorpio got a little bit lost when they pull them away from these two having said that SoCal make does it make sense to have them beat jurassic express varsity blondes and the Acclaim? sure the Acclaim can lose even though i do like max caster and anthony bowens even though they're fucking weirdos uh <laughs> pillman and griff garrison uh triple h looking motherfucker i like those guys too but they can definitely afford a pin here jurassic express i hate the thought of jungle boy getting a getting pin here but i don't mind you know if luchasaurus has take the pin that's fine I gotta go with SoCal uncensored here. Um to get that match against the Bucks. What do you got, Ryan? That's exactly what I was gonna say. If they're gonna split up, they have to split
0: up in a pretty big way. These are these are like
1: go out on fucking fire. You know, go out in a blaze of glory. You didn't win, fuck it. Yeah, you know yeah. I man. They're not gonna
0: you're not gonna lose a four way and then like split these guys up. There's no fucking way. I could see them going on yeah. next week winning this match. Face the Bucks in a really great match, and if the Bucks get one over, at least they were in the title picture when they split up. But this random ass four way match, I, I can't see it.
1: Yeah, I see Soquel Censored winning here. Chris Daniels and Frankie Gazzard, and you set up the tag team match with the Buckaroonies. Um, you can tell, I, I, you can tell the the great story of how you know, um, SoCal were the, uh, the 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 first tag team champions in the uh, in, in AW, and now going up against the current tag team champs, and I think it ends with, uh, you know that t- that match on the twelfth. You have uh, Christopher Daniels just down on his knees. And uh, maybe you have the Young Bucks, and they're both getting ready to do a double super kick. And they do the, uh, I'm sorry, I love you, double super kick. They stack the bodies. One, two, three. They're done. Um, They get the hell out. I don't think they'll do that because the Bucks are heels right now. Um, And then you maybe do the Christopher Daniels, uh, Frankie Kazarian loss. Another way I would book that is you have them lose this match by bullshit because the Bucks are heels. So maybe they find a way to cheat. And then Kazarian just cuts a promo saying, "No, no, 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 not like that, bitch. We want one more shot." And then you set up another rematch, and then you have them lose that one again. Because hey, if we're if we're if we want booking to make sense, you have to book the younger guys going over. I'm sorry, that's just the reality of it. That's just the reality of it. Chris sticking. So to that's his it guns. for. So that's it for the uh the card next week. Should be a good one. I don't think we'll get all those matches, but I also don't think it'll be a one match show. But Inner Circle, you got Jericho, Hager, Sammy. All those guys are gonna get their own intro. Santana Ortiz, their own intro. Pinnacle's gonna get their own intro. There's gonna be tons of new intros. Um, you know, you add the music and the video effects. I could easily see this thing taking up close to an hour on TV. Cody Rose and QT Marshall. Um, I can see that going 10, 12 minutes. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Kingston, 10, 12 minutes. The Britt Baker match is not going to happen. And that leaves the uh, four-way, which, uh, gosh, four teams in there. Damn. It's going to be tight, man. It's going to be tight to have all those matches squeezed in there. Um, yeah, but we'll see what happens. That should be a really, really uh, good show. And with that out of the way, that's it for the Sport of Kings, Pac-Man. Oh, Schnapper rooney
0: all right, this week on Game Flow, not much news. Uh, it's been a very slow week in gaming. Um, more rumors than anything else, but I'm not going to get into that here. I like concrete information. Uh, so let's start off. Let's get this over with. Super Mario Party, a game that released like two years ago, got a random update this week where they got an online mode. So now you could play uh, Mario Party with your friends online, and this includes... Um, the traditional board game mode and this includes uh just if you want to play go ham on the mini games you can do uh, i think 60 out of the 70 mini games you could play uh i mean this is a really welcome change or a really welcome addition to the game uh this was the number one complaint when this game came out was just no online mode and i can imagine when the pandemic started this would have been perfect but uh you know it's coming now Better late than never, I guess. I think my guess is just maybe they're starting to experiment with how this does, so they can kind of work on the sequel or see where they go with the sequel. Yeah. Um. Another thing is maybe they've switched their tune with the game. Maybe they're just gonna add a crazy amount of shit, and this is just the beginning. I don't know. It could go either way at this point. Right. Uh, I'm not gonna play this game. I got it when it came out. It was fun. I play with Tiff a lot. Um. It was a good game, actually, for the time when I could get together with friends. But, you know, nowadays, I'm just kind of eager for the next one. A little little history. I was a big Mario Party guy from the first one to the fifth one. So from N64 to GameCube, I was like, I'd buy all five. Once six came out, and apparently six and seven are still good. But six to ten, and all the little Game Boy ones, I just couldn't give a shit anymore. It was always the same thing, but just, you know, different boards, different whatever. And then you know, you get a switch. The switch is like the king of consoles right now. You buy anything for it. When a Mario party comes out, you buy it. And I was actually fucking <laughs> right. surprised with how good the game was. Because around the ninth and tenth <laughs> entry, they're getting kinda off track. So, um it's a good game. It's definitely a good game. Uh but I probably won't be checking this up. Chris, you you're not a Mario hmm, Party guy, are you? No. Uh
1: no. Just because um it's just one of those games that I'll play with people, right. but there's no way I'm gonna spend any kind of time playing against the AI. That's just not my <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, but does it, you know, is there online for uh, Mario Party? Yeah, there is now. Okay, that'd be yeah, pretty cool. No. Um, but no, it's definitely not. Uh, it's not a game that I would definitely uh, you know. It's fun to play, but it's not something that I would play by myself if that it's, makes sense. It's good if you have friends yeah. over and stuff like that. Beer. You know, a couple of smokily dokelys. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> that is some shit right there. Mad fucking Flanders. But, uh, oh, yeah, no, it, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I you know, I, I like the game. When you brought it over, we played it at my place. It was, it was a lot oh, of yeah, fun. Right. But if you would have left it at my place and then you left, it probably wouldn't be something <laughs> that I'd play by myself. I'd question you if it was. Every time i played this game, it's <laughs> been with Tiffany. So
0: <laughs> Tiffany or someone else, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, Sure. Yeah. When they were early on, like the first five, for example, there were some right. like story modes and stuff. And I would play, obviously, oh, i played okay. play myself because I'm a kid and whatever. Friends were limited. But, um, yes. I I have fond memories of those original games. Uh, but
1: yeah, it just, yeah, you know, it gets. Repetitive. And, uh, and Ryan, just real quick, I was going to say, um, From everything you've told me and things that I've read, the Mario Party that's on the Switch that is not considered the best one. Is that correct? No, no, no way. Okay, gotcha. You can
0: do. uh, uh, I hear four on the GameCube is considered the best. Mario Party Two on the N sixty four, I think is why. Like the consensus is that's number one. I don't know why. I never on the N sixty four. I never really understood why that that's the best one. (laughs) It's better than the first one, but I think the third one trumps it. I thought the third one was crazy. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I think, in my opinion, the best ones are three, four, or five. I think those are great. Uh, Never played six or seven, so I can't comment. But six and seven go for such high-ass prices now that I'd like to get them because I do own most of them, complete the little Mario Party collection. But, uh, man, Mario Party 6 goes for, like, $150. I'm not doing that. That's crazy. Whoa. Whoa. no way. Maybe on your uh, next promotion. Maybe next year when I sign the, the contract and get a little raise. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Shit. Uh, moving on, the new Pokemon Snap game comes out tomorrow. We are recording this on a Thursday. It comes out
1: Friday. Jesus, it's already April it's thirty. Already That's April fucking. 30. Qu- I remember thinking that game is coming out like long time from now because we were talking about this like a few months yeah. ago.
0: Wow. Uh, I heard it leaked this uh, like either today or yesterday. It leaked on the internet. So I was like, damn, that wow. game sells like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And then I checked, it's like, oh fuck, no, it's like in a couple of days. <laughs> so, has uh, uh have any early reviews? Uh yeah, so it's getting a lot of good scores. Nice. IGN gave it an eight, which is a good score from them. Uh the Metacritic, I think it's sitting at an eighty percent.
1: So Oh, I didn't even I didn't even read that. It says got an eight from IGN. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I try not to read ahead, so it comes organically. You know, but bro, there you go. Yeah, eight, 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 eight out, 10. out of ten from uh Cool, IGN. that's awesome. It looks
0: great. Uh, if you're a fan of the original, they say that it retains that charm, so you have nothing to worry about there. It's gonna feel great if you play the
1: original. Uh, which original? Sorry, It came out on the N64. Poke- wow, the original Pokemon Snap. Snap, yeah. And this is the first Snap the, version first of Pokemon since that, 64? Yeah, it's the only sequ- it's it's sequel. It's a sequel. So it's not a remake or a rebuild. This is a sequel to I think Snap. It's,
0: I, would, I don't know about the story of it, but there's definitely okay, a lot okay, more okay. Pokemon in here that didn't exist when the N64 was a, was the recent console, right? I gotcha. So they put a lot more Pokemon gotcha. in here. Uh, I'm going to treat it as a sequel mm. just because, you know, it progressed. There's more Pokemon. There's more things.
1: Yeah. Uh, how, uh, how quickly till you uh, buy this game?
0: <laughs> uh, man I don't know I really want it and I will buy it maybe in a couple of weeks I
1: yeah it's not like it's ever not gonna be full price exactly at least for like the first year it's not right. like you're gonna you I, know mean, I mean, once I'm like kind of sitting mm-hmm. on the couch being like okay well, what am I gonna play today maybe right. I'll do the
0: Walmart trip or whatever or the Amazon order because we're not allowed to buy physical games or whatever right now <laughs> oh god down. don't tell me about but, that um, yeah yeah I'll definitely get it and when I do I'll report but it looks super fun. It looks gorgeous, man. The graphics look amazing.
1: Beautiful. Looks beautiful.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, eight out of ten from IGN. Good score. I think the only beautiful. complaints that's I've heard score. is uh, if you're not a fan of these kind of games where you just take pictures on on rails and you just don't understand what the fuck this is about, then uh, that's yeah. your, <laughs> you're not gonna like this. But if you can appreciate yeah. photography or whatever and you like Pokemon, then this is a hit. So
1: that's I'm awesome. Cool. All
0: right. Yes, sir. Okay, and uh, just a couple hours ago few hours ago we had a sony state of play i i must have missed the message i didn't know if they said this was going to be a mini state of play or a a state of play that really just focused on one thing um yeah you know like i didn't really understand so i'm expecting like a huge like 30 minute 20 minute blowout of like new shit yeah and we only got three games and i'll be going over those three games i wasn't going to go every game but if it's only three then i'll talk about everything um so we got Subnautica Below Zero. That is a sequel, I think, to the original Subnautica, which was a PS Plus game not too long ago. Um, so that's going to come out for the PS4 and the PS5 May 14th. This is basically a submarine game where you explore underwater. There's a bunch of stuff that you can do. There's a whole storyline about this crazy woman. Jesus, I don't know. That's It didn't really. I didn't catch my head. Chris, I know you saw the State of play. Did you see this? Did you think anything of it? No, I didn't think anything of this at all. Yeah, it just doesn't look like graphically and stuff, it's just not up there. It's it's you're promoting this for like the PS5, and it looks like it could be on the Wii. Like I'm sorry, but
1: <laughs> Yeah Also. <laughs> also, on- un- also unfortunately, um unfortunately, there's still a lot of salty people uh that are just they're rejecting everything because they can't get their hands on a PS5. Right. So <laughs> You look into the comments and it's every three comments. I'd like this if I could buy it. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. There's that, that seems to be the major. So, you know, until that's fixed, Sony's going to carry that flag, that little bit of a taint. You know what yeah. I mean? That, you know, here we are in May pretty much and there's people still can't get access to one. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think it's gone on long enough that we're beginning to realize it's not the scalpers. I mean, that's not it at all. Um, that might have been it at the beginning, but there's just, they're not available they're not available and uh, I don't know I'd I love to see if what the amount of people that are maybe thinking of switching from PlayStation to Xbox are right now because this is what usually happens when there's a when there's a dead stop like this people flip. For me, when I noticed a dead stop with the N sixty four, when I feel like it had plateaued, that's when I joined the NWO and joined PlayStation <laughs> and opened up my eyes to like Final Fantasy seven and Metal Gear and uh, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Grand Theft Auto. Excuse me, um, Grand Turismo two and Resident Evil two, and I'm like, oh my god, so much! I was wasting games. my whole time with the N is so good, <laughs> um, but you know, it's just I don't know, I don't know. Um, that's just kind of my thoughts on that. Oh, they're
0: saying this shortage is gonna like go into June, July. So
1: it's just, bro. We're not. It's gonna be Christmas. We're not even gonna have. Yeah, I know. Yet. You know it's I mean?
0: just the the pandemic is is what they're saying. It's just they they can't get their hands on the the tech and pumping up the PS5s is a challenge for them.
1: But uh. yeah. And this is not in your uh, game flow here, so I will mention it. Oh, yeah. But the uh, PlayStation 5 is now available in China oh, yeah. for ordering it. If you want to order the That's uh, right. PlayStation 5 in China, you can definitely do that. So, uh, hey, all the power to China. They're going to have the system before me. Um, A <laughs> fucking continent away. But it is what it is. Uh, there you go. China hooking up that uh, that PlayStation 5 deal.
0: I'd be more mad at this if there was a lot of stuff I wanted to play on PS5, but there just really isn't for me. No, yeah. so I can wait. no. I honestly, this sucks. I
1: honestly probably would have had one by now if I could get one, but
0: I mean, whatever. Right. I don't need one right now.
1: When, when, when Grand Theft Auto Five is on the top ten games to get on the PS5, there's, with all due respect to that game, like that really shouldn't be on that top ten list. Le- you know what I mean? There should yeah. be more games by now. It's, you know? it's
0: that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> it's GTA 5, five. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. That was Subnautica Below Zero. If you like submarines, go for it. Uh yeah, the second game they announced, Among Us, <laughs> which is not a new game. This game's been around for a very long time. But it is coming to the PS four and the PS five. Uh so I don't know. I don't have much to say. I've played it. I I don't I'm not a big fan of it. I could see why it could be fun, but I can play I can play a few rounds and then I'm just kind of bored. Um, but, yeah, if you're Among Us, if you guys like Among Us, then Among Us is coming. Chris, have you played Among Us?
1: Yes, but the way I play it, uh, it's way more exciting. So what we okay. do is um, we'll have the uh, Discord chat going. And so we're all, like, plugged in. We're all listening to okay. each other. But there's no talking. There's no talking during the game. In you're playing in silence. Okay. But when it comes to uh, figuring out who done it, like when somebody reports a murder, then we're free to talk using our mics and being like, "I fucking saw this guy like <laughs> in the hallway right next to the body," right? And it gets more fun that way rather than just doing it completely just by choosing A, B, C, or D. Like you know, that's the way like my nephews play, but they're little, yeah. right? But the best way to play it is with the Discord chat because then you can be like. No man, I'm telling you, you know, and I could be full of shit. I could be just be trying <laughs> to, you know, save my own That's skin. True. I'm telling you, man, it wasn't me. That's the way I played it. Um I haven't played it recently, but yeah, it's a fun game, but you know, and this is not a knock at you putting this in there. I mean, it is a it is a big game. It should be it should be um, it should be a news item. But I'm just saying, like, it's eventually going to reach everything. Like, it's eventually going to be on like the PS3 and the Damn. Vita. I'm just kidding, but like, okay. it's pretty much available <laughs> everywhere. You know, and that's kind of a uh, that's kind of where we're going with that. But yeah, no, it's a good game. It would just be really cool if it did have like, and it might. So I'm you know, stop me if I'm wrong, but it would be cool if the console versions had like a. You know, you can plug in a headset and speak to people um, when you're figuring out who killed who. I think that's the best part of that game.
0: Yeah, that could be cool. But, I don't know. I haven't played enough, to be honest, to, to know that. I
1: thought, and here's the other thing. I thought Among Us was already on the PS4. Wasn't it already on the PS4? I thought so, too. Am I crazy? I thought when it came to the Switch,
0: that was the last system it needed to come on. But, apparently not. Apparently, it wasn't on the PS4.
1: Am I Am I missing something? I yeah, yeah, there you go. Among Us. PS4 or PS5? I think... You've got crazy <laughs> there. Uh, I don't know if it's on the
0: Xbox. Is it on the Xbox? Sure. All right, let's just go with sure. And the last game, <laughs> <laughs> the last game that they closed off with for fifteen mother f minutes. So if you don't like this game, then you just kind of flip the channel like me. I mean, I didn't flip it. I watched Jesus. it. I, I gave it its due. But I'm not that gra- uh, crazy about the series. I didn't grow up with it, so. I don't know. Will I give it a try? Maybe. Ratchet and Clank Rift apart. They went 15 minutes. They showed some of the story stuff. They showed a lot of gameplay. I will say the game looks fucking beautiful. The colors, the the particle effects, the lighting, the uh, just the way everything's moving. Bless you. Um, oh, bless you again. The way things are moving. The way things are just. The way things look. It looked beautiful. It was awesome. It was phenomenal. I loved it. Uh, but in terms of like, I don't care for the characters that much. I don't care for, you know, killing robots. I don't, it is what it is. Um, but in my assholeness, I never played this game. Maybe I will. Who knows? I know the first original ratchet and clank, the, uh, the remake or whatever that is on my right. Plus I believe. So I should give that a try. So if I ever do, I'll report, but, um, they went 15 minutes. They, they, you know, went in on this game. Chris, uh, well, did that fifteen minutes sell you on this or no?
1: Yes, definitely. Definitely. I, I I think the game looks great. But I've been talking about this game since uh since we saw the uh the PlayStation presentation last late summer, early fall. Remember that one where they showed like twenty five games? Was it the next I forget the PS5, what they called it? I think. Yeah. And at the time, yeah. I was really impressed with the uh, with the fire effects, like when, when they're shooting those guns, you know, and they're destroying shit. And just like you were saying, the environmental effects, uh, yeah, it looks, look, looks really, really good. So, um, yeah, it was a small state of play. But if you were only tuning in to watch the Ratchet and clang portion of it, um, I mean, you definitely got your fill because uh, you got a lot of it. So, uh, yeah, should be pretty good. June 11th, PS5. Um I would expect that game to sell like a zillion copies. Also, there's not like, you know, a shit ton of like AAA games coming much. out, yeah. right? There's not a lot. So no. I think everybody will be picking that one up. So there you go. Um, I know you didn't play the, you said the previous one, but have you played any of the Ratchet and Clank's? No, no never. Gotcha. No. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, me neither. That's why me it's neither. like I
0: don't have much to, to to add. I didn't grow up with PlayStation right. that much in general, right? So Right,
1: right. Um, gotcha. Gotcha.
0: But maybe I'll play it. Who knows? This looks good. Yeah. Uh, just a reminder, too, Returnal is due, I think, this week or next week. So, that's the next AAA game from uh, for a PlayStation 5. Yeah. Uh, so, Ratchet & Clank, by the time that comes out, I guess time, definitely some time would have passed between that AAA title and this AAA title. So, I don't know. At least they got something. Uh, it's just not to the caliber of, like, banger after banger. Uh, especially, like, back in, like the late or the early 2000s yeah like those launch windows were just insane you got like 20 good ass games right off the bat you know yeah yeah but games are expensive to make now it's just not not as possible anyway <laughs> and that's it for game flow at least the news section chris before we get into the uh new school versus old school what have you been playing man
1: what are you playing? Uh what are you Days playing? Gone. So I've been playing a little bit of Days Gone. I've already touched on it. Really good zombie game on the PlayStation 4. Just murdering these bastards. Uh I'm now in the tail end. I've made it to like the fourth map. Um I'm in a different part now. And uh I'm closing in on the um the main storylines, which is good. I have I must have a really good completion so far because i've basically cleared everything all the side missions all the areas that i had to clean all the checkpoints are cleared like there's just literally like when you when i go to um uh, available missions it's just like the one mission so i gotta be nearing uh the end at this point i would think but i'll give a uh, an update on that next week the other one that i've been playing it's um i believe the exact name of the game Yes, I've been playing uh, Night Squad Two on the uh, Nintendo Switch, and um, this one's fun. This one's kind of like um, it's kind of like a ish kind of game. It's like a eight player battle royale, and there's like a different different uh, modes of playing it. So you control one of the knights. And using either a crossbow or a sword, you got to go around and kill all these other bastards. And there's some cool modes in there, like really using their imagination. Um, There's one called, there's like a soccer one, where you're allowed to kill all the other players, but the objective is to try to score as many goals as you can with this big soccer ball that's going around. And there's power-ups and stuff like that that you can grab. Um, I'm still learning how to play it. I play it in between, like when I'm waiting for stuff to load on my computer or finish downloading. I'll play that, but I have not gone online yet. But, um, yeah, so far so good. It's nice. It's kind of my jam. I do like these kind of games. And, um, yeah, 8-player arcade action, if you're looking for that kind of thing, do it. Uh, Lots of variation. It's one of these cool games where, like, you can literally, like, customize so many different things you can make each each specific thing each specific battle your own right you can tweak not just the uh, ai of the uh, computer but you can actually change the rules you can change the points you can change how many rounds to win um you can put in handicaps you can mess up the weapons a little bit so a lot of variation there so night squad 2 best part is not even that expensive i think i purchased it for like 10 15 dollars canadian which is probably like eight bucks american so um Really, really good game. And, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying playing that so far. So those are the only two that I'm really um, going on at this point. What are you playing? Wow.
0: I am playing a game called Double Dragon Neon. Uh, I believe it's a remake of the first Double Dragon. It's been a minute since I played that. Uh, But it starts the same. You know, your girlfriend gets punched in the stomach by some dude, and then he takes her away. And then Billy and Jimmy have to go save her. Right. Uh, th- right off the bat, the game looks great. I like the graphics that it has. It's very uh, 80s and neon But then you do explore like space stations and crazy shit like that. Right now I'm in like Asia uh, with like those nice little tiki, uh, those nice little like, uh, man, what's it called? Like dojo kind of huts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. It's hard, though, man. The game is really tough. And I'm playing it with <laughs> Tiffany, and we're constantly getting in each other's way and shit. <laughs> right. But it's cool. It's fun. It's a fun game. One thing I will shout out right away, and I've already downloaded it on my phone, is the soundtrack. That soundtrack is bananas. Mm. It's basically an 80s soundtrack that never got released to the world. Um, it's It's fantastic. I can't say enough good things. It's like soundtrack of the year for me right now. Wow. So good. All right. Yeah uh so yeah i've been playing that hopefully i could beat that sometime can't be that long of a game it's a beat-em-up uh another one i'm playing so yeah i said at the beginning paper mario i'm back in that i'm trying to finish that up from like three years ago Uh, i'm on the last chapter i should be done tomorrow that is my plan uh and hopefully everything goes good i heard the last boss can be a bitch but we'll see and uh yeah that's it i believe i will be starting metal gear solid 2 at some point the minute I'm done with Paper Mario is I drew those two games from the raffle. Uh so I'm really excited for that. I got I got my uh popcorn for that game. And uh yeah, that's it, man. And oh okay, and I'll talk about this. I recently wrapped up Majora's Mask uh the week on the weekend. Mm-hmm, or on the that's weekend right. before. <laughs> uh man. In terms of best Zelda games that easily creeped up into like my top fucking three top five top Mm. three um i can't put it in front of ocarina of time i don't want to put it in front of breath of the wild but man i think it could easily trump the other ones it was so unique it was so dark it had a lot going for it um the meta narratives that it has the the parallels that you can draw from the game to real life like, when you really start thinking about the things that go on in that game, you really, you can psych yourself out. Right. And uh, get really, you know, it can put you in a deep, like, a deep thought about your life. Uh, especially when you start talking <laughs> Jesus. about... Dude, I'm serious. You start talking to those NPCs and what they have to say, it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. There were these kids at the end of the game that you would talk to, and they would say things like, you friends. Do they know you're their friends? Or, like... Do you consider them a friend and they don't? They start saying shit like that. And it's like getting into real life stuff where it's like it's not even Link anymore. It's literally like your friends, your life. They're, right. They're clearly talking to the player, right? Uh, stuff like that was just like, wow, damn, this is crazy. I don't know why that game was rated E for everyone back in the day. It's definitely not. Dude, there that was, was my next question. Shit. Yeah. I not. literally just
1: pulled it up to look at the rating.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's definitely not. There's a lot of crazy shit in that game. It, it should have been a a very strong T rating. Um if that game ever got faithfully remade, meaning like if they kept the creepiness factor to the T from the N64, I I could honestly see a borderline M rating. They would never do it, but it has the potential to do that. Um but it's cool, man. In terms of the game, you get a lot of power-ups. You get the classic Zelda items, the bombs, the arrows, the hookshot. Uh, man, the bomb chews, the big wallets, the <laughs> fucking light arrows, fire arrows. It's got everything. Your empty bottles, your lenses of truth. It's got everything. Cool. Uh, the temples were fun, except for the Great Bay Temple. The water temple in that game was the fucking shits in the bad way. I hated it so goddamn much. Um, I have this thing where when I beat a game, I watch a bunch of reviews on it. Just to see what people think. Go watch the uh, Angry Video Game Nerd video on Majora's Mask. Oh, I've seen when it. When he yeah, talks yeah. about... Yeah, when he talks about that water temple, like, I felt the pain. Mm-hmm. It was it was brutal. I was stuck there for, like, almost two hours. Um, but other than that, everything was fun. The locations were so unique everywhere you went. Uh, man, the ambience was always creepy. That damn moon always, always had a presence in that game. No matter what you were doing, if your mind was somewhere else because you were, like, picking a dog up. to, You, you could do this thing where, like, you, you get a dog to race in a dog race. Mm, but you get this mask that lets you read their mind so if they're feeling good like oh i can't let my wife down or whatever you pick that dog because he has a good chance he's gonna win the race and you're just entertained the music's all happy but it's like okay i won the prize i'm gonna go do something else you turn around oh yeah the moon fuck i should probably go to a temple and like get down to business you know what i mean like it was it always had that so i love that game man i really do love that game and uh I compare it to my experience with earthbound where earthbound both games over the years have been so hyped up to me, but I think Zelda really lived up to the hype more than earthbound lived up to its hype. So I got to put it over earthbound too. But yeah, man, Majora's mask classic. Glad I played it. Hopefully I can play it again. If they ever port it to the switch or something, that'd
1: be great. Cool. All right.
0: And with that, Let's get into new school versus old school. This is a cool question. Um, What dream crossover game would you want to be created? Now, to clarify, I don't mean like a crossover between some other kind of media. I literally mean like if you were to take a little bit of Pac-Man and a little bit of Tetris, you'd get some kind of abomination. Is there anything you can think of where you would like to mix a couple games together to get like an ideal cool ass game?
1: I'm going first? Yes. Okay. <laughs> two two of my uh, favorite franchises, especially when you're looking at late 90s, early 2000s, for me has always been Metal Gear Solid and uh, Splinter Cell. And if you were team Microsoft, Ooh. Xbox, you were always team Splinter Cell. If you were a Sony guy, you were usually a Metal Gear Solid fan. I would love it if, uh, in some weird, strange way, both of these uh, companies... Came together to make some kind of a really long uh, a game where both of them would be involved. Maybe you could have Sam Fisher working for uh, whoever the government, and he's trying to infiltrate this, uh, you know, tower. Uh, but when he gets there, he realizes that there's this other guy that's already there, and it can be Snake. And it just becomes into a situation where you know they're both kind of uh, vying for, um, you know, to try to beat whatever it is. And then it kind of just builds up this dynamic, like you have both of these sort of anti-heroes. Well, Snake's more of an anti-hero, but you have both of these guys just having to work together to, uh, to complete something or to overthrow somebody. I think that would be a very, very interesting dynamic in terms of gameplay. I mean, they're both different. They're both considered stealth, but they're both done in completely different ways. Where Snake, you're using more your radar and your gimmicks to try to uh, get around the bad guys. Splinter Cell is more about uh, becoming one with the shadows and sticking to the darkness in order to uh, stop eyebrows from being raised. So I really think there's a lot you can do there. Um, I think there'd be a lot to dig into. Um, the story could be, it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be some insane Metal Gear story with all these different arcs and double and triple and quadruple meanings it can just be a standalone just hey we got to stop this bad guy let's go and i need you know sam fisher's help so sam fisher and snake working together to uh to do that i think that'd be great i think that would be a good combination of uh, both worlds you could present this game as uh, both games are played very similar style third person over the shoulder so um in terms of gameplay style, you can easily find something that's that's really, really close. Actually, I'm sorry. Uh, Metal Gear, at least uh, the first few are not over the shoulder. They're kind of just, you know, fixed camera. Um, but I think that those two would be really, really cool. Yeah, the Splinter Cell and Metal Gear.
0: Wow, that's a cool combination.
1: I like that. Yeah, man.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Uh, My go-to automatically, <laughs> this game's been in the news recently both games if you want to see it like that um i would love a mix of cyberpunk 2077 and uh f-zero but hear me out it won't be a racing game captain falcon the main character of f-zero is apparently a bounty hunter so i would love like an f-zero world open game like where you could travel that city in your nice little hovercraft and actually do missions where you can get out of the car, run around, uh, you know, do bounties, but obviously there'd be a huge storyline. You could race on the side, I guess makes sense too. um, but because the F zero universe is so futuristic and cyberpunk is obviously futuristic. I think those two blending would be crazy. Uh, that's something, I mean, I can't even get a new F zero game, let alone that. So, that, this will probably never happen, but I think that if they literally made an open-world F-Zero game with those elements of Cyberpunk, I think it would be amazing. And there's a lot that could go wrong with something like that, but I honestly just have this dream where that could work. So I think that would be fantastic. Do you have another one?
1: That's awesome. It's interesting, though, because um, yeah, F-Zero. Like, we, we covered this already. Uh, unfortunately, the, the worst part about F-Zero is it's, it's not one of these, you know, chart-topping games that, uh, that they make. And I think that's part of the, maybe the reason why they haven't really followed up on that. They prefer to keep making the, you know, the different Mario games and stuff like that because they're guaranteed to yeah. sell like a gazillion copies. But uh, that'd be interesting. Cyberpunk, I don't know that game that much, so I don't really know what that game would look like with the F-Zero influence. But in terms of similar worlds, yeah, man, I think those two would work. I don't see why not. It'd be fun for sure. Um, The only issue you'd, you'd run into is do you build it more as a first person exploration game or is it mostly you driving around kind of game and, you know, with RPG elements and there might be a way to do all of that, but it'd be very interesting at the very least.
0: Maybe I'll mix a third game in there. I was expecting something more like a GTA where it's like third person.
1: Sure.
0: With I just said Cyberpunk because of the world. It's very similar to the world of F-Zero. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, no. That's cool. Cool. Um, and then my idea for a game would be um, kind of like a Mario but Grand Theft Auto game. Kind of like uh, Simpsons Hit and Run. And where like it's kind of like an open-ish world and you're going around and you're Damn. doing all these different missions. And you know you're riding around in your all these different carts and you can steal carts and go into other people's carts so you're driving around in all the little carts and i think there's plenty of gameplay that you could borrow from other mario franchises like there could be um, if it's a racing segment you can do like a mario kart kind of uh, portion of the of the uh, game um, you know if certain characters will want you to To will challenge you to certain things, so then you plug in like the Mario Party kind of elements. You can borrow a couple different games and put them in there. So, and there'd be tons to explore, just like having a really nice, big, open world um, almost Breath of the Wild ish, but maybe not that big. But I still think you can have like a, a similar game like that. When I say Grand Theft Auto, I just mean in terms of, like, what you can do. Like, go around, do stuff, complete missions, complete side quests and stuff like that. Not necessarily I want to see Mario, like, gunning people down or anything like that. Um, This would all be done with the same brushstrokes as uh, all the other Mario games so that it would all kind of fit um, evenly. So, yeah, I think that kind of a game would be (laughs) really, really cool. I'd definitely get into it.
0: I'd love that. Definitely the closest thing to that is... um... The city level in Mario Odyssey, like, it's pretty big, and it makes you feel like you're in a city for a brief moment. Right. Um, it's incredible. I, I love that level so much. There's so much. Like, you could j- jump on cabs. Uh, people are just going to work, and Mario's just running around, jumping in shit. It looks so fucking out of place, but in place at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, yeah, but that would be a great game. I'd love an open-world Mario game, which leads me to my next one i would love an open world sonic game uh imagine something like breath of the wild like a land like breath of the wild but literally sonic because you run so damn fast it would be it would be a playground it it would be the equivalent of like swinging swinging around as spider-man like i think if you could run around a field like that as sonic with like you know going up like steep hills and launching off of them or something like if you had freedom like that in a sonic game i think you could have so much damn fun the problem is processing stuff at that speed would be insane i don't know if we're there yet in technology um it would definitely be crazy and i guess the way you would structure levels would have to be mission-based which in a sonic universe i don't know how that would work because they are like, you know, weird ass characters at the end of the day. So giving it that realistic touch probably isn't a good idea. But I do wish we had some like open world Sonic game where you could just run and tear it up. Like, I think that would just be so fun. Maybe just that. Just make a game where you could run around a, we- a world as Sonic. I don't even need like a story. Just give me that. It's like <laughs> Sonic <Right>. Simulator. <laughs>
1: But there are some Sonic games already where it's third person over the shoulder, right? Where he's go it might not yes. be open world, but you're still going around and uh doing stuff. So, it's a platformer. Uh, yeah, that might be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that might be interesting.
0: I thought I froze. No. No. was <laughs> <It's> like what? <laughs> anyways yeah do you have any other ones no
1: that's it man just had those two Um, anything else we've kind of already covered you know we we, we did a similar one not Mm -hmm. too long ago where it was you know we talked about um, you know remixing games like uh, Mario what's that one where all the fuckers fight each other Uh, Smash that's the one where we talked about like Smash and having the different characters in there but yeah did you have a third one
0: Uh, not really well i kind of do but it kind of exists because it's a fan project but uh paper zelda do that please make that happen Mm. for the love of god there's a little trailer you can watch on youtube if you just type that in it looks super legit and i would be down for like a zelda rpg in that paper style right so cool cool yeah hopefully they finish that and that is it for new school versus old school Chris, do we have any stories of Z-World?
1: Yeah, we have one quick story. Um, this one is called IHOP hostess kicking herself after an Adam Sandler encounter. I saw the video of this, and I thought it was really funny. And here's the story. This is from a newser, from Jen Gidman, who's a dear friend of mine from the Your staff. It says an oh. IHOP hostess got her 50 minutes of fame this week after posting a video of her meeting Adam Sandler though she didn't know it was him when she met him. People reports that Diana Rodas' TikTok footage shows herself with a mask, Sandler, was dressed casually, as he usually is, in basketball shorts and a North Face hoodie, and a girl believed to be one of Sandler's teen daughters in the restaurant's foyer. After a brief, a brief interaction, Sandler gestures to the girl with him to leave. Rhodas explains what happened in the text accompanying her video quote not realizing it's adam sandler and telling him it's a 30 minute wait and him ofc leaving bc he's not going to wait 30 minutes for ihop she writes Wrote us ads in vain, please come back. Sandler's publicist confirmed to HuffPost that it was indeed the start of the video. Meanwhile, fans are lauding Sandler for not yanking his mask down to try to jump the line. He didn't pull the celebrity card, one wrote in a TikTok's comments. And another one says, I used to serve him regularly, never served a nicer person. Entertainment Weekly notes that it's good to see celebrities not getting special treatment now and again, though it adds a bit of advice. Quote, before you turn away a customer, even during the busy time of the day, make sure they're not Adam Sandler. Well, then why the fuck would you just spend half of that article saying that you guys don't need (laughs) special, you know. Um, So I thought this story was kind of funny. I remember remember, um, when I was working at Starbucks, I got to serve a bunch of different celebrities because I worked at the location closest to Yorkville, which is kind of like this neighborhood that's, you know. Nose in the air, but they have, uh, they, they, you know, the TIFF Film Festival would happen every week, every once a year in September, and all the celebrities would flock to, you know, York because that's the place to see and be seen in. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember, I remember, I served uh, Reese Witherspoon. And I didn't even know it was her because she had like, wow. she had a hoodie on, fucking big saucer like glasses. I didn't fucking know it was her. And she's tiny too. She's like three foot five. And she's not that short, but she's a small <laughs> little thing. And um, I remember I went to the back after that, and my boss is like, "You know who you just served?" Right? I'm like, "No, who?" He goes, "Look up at the video. That's uh, Reese Witherspoon." So I looked, and it was indeed uh, Reese Witherspoon. So that's the one time that wow. I didn't know it was her, but. Uh, You know, sometimes they just, you know, you expect Leonardo DiCaprio, for example, to show up and be smelling good and looking good and dress good. But sometimes these celebrities are just in like jogging pants and a sweatshirt and like regular runners and they look like incognito, right? Uh, Sometimes by design. And so I didn't know it was her. Has this anything similar like that ever happened to you where Adam Sandler came into your life and you forgot to serve him?
0: Uh, not really. Yeah. The the closest thing that's ever happened to me, there was a, there's a local uh rap artist. He is Brampton bound. Uh, he now goes by the name Russell, but he used to go by the name, uh, deep pride. That was kind of like his, um, that was when he was like really gaining the fame and he's pretty big now. Like I'm pretty sure he lives in LA or whatever, but at the time he was like really up and coming and I was at the mall walking around, I don't know what I was doing, and then I heard this distinct voice, and I'm like, where have I heard this voice? And I look behind me, and at the time, like, the foxtail swagger was the thing where, like, they would hang foxtails from your pants and shit. Um, yeah, I grew up around that era. There's uh, So I see that, and he was, like, he was, you know, notorious for that style. And I'm like, there's no way that's deep Ride." What the shit? So then I, like a dumb stalker, I start following the dude. And then eventually he goes to like a kiosk and turns around. And I'm like, oh, shit, it is him. But then people, a lot of people were following him at this point. And I was like, okay. So then um, he was looking at me and uh, whatever. He was just talking to everybody. And then he looked at me. He's like, oh, do you want a picture? And I'm like, oh, shit, okay, I'll take a picture. So then I took a picture of him. Right. Um. So it was cool. He actually went to Von Mills that day because he lost his grandfather's bracelet. That oh, he Jesus. thinks he lost it there from another trip he did. So he went there to try to look for it. So that was kind of depressing because I think the the man died. Uh, Anyway, fast forward years later, I go to this local show for Futuristic, who's a U.S. artist. And Deep Ride and him have a song, and he showed up randomly to do the song as a surprise guest. And I talked to him after. I'm like, man, this is actually our second time meeting. I met you at <laughs> Von. He's like, he's like, oh, what was I doing there? And I was like, oh, you like lost a bracelet. He's like, oh man, that day sucked. And <laughs> he just kind of, we wow. kind of kicked it off. and Just had a nice conversation. It was cool.
1: But yeah, that's yeah. the the closest that, uh, that's ever happened to me. That's awesome. Yeah, the closest local celebrity I saw was uh, one time I went to, um, uh, I think it was Italian Fest down at Little Italy. And I oh, saw yeah. uh, Shaboy, uh, Danny Fernandez. He's Portuguese, right? The uh, I don't know if you know oh, him, the geez. Toronto pop artist. Anyway, he was big from like uh, the no. mid-2000s to like 2014. And I saw him. He was walking like on the opposite side of the road with like his posse. And um, I could tell it was him just because, number one, it looked like him. You know, he looks exactly as you would imagine him, like basketball jersey, a you know, hat, whatever. But uh People kept kind like, "Hey, Danny!" And he like raised his hand, right? Like, just people kept shouting out to him. But no, nobody was chasing yeah. him or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I saw Danny Fernandez down on uh, Saint Clair there for uh, it was Italian Fest one of those years.
0: Yeah, no, his uh, his brother, who you also probably know, Sean Desmond, yes, uh, lived in Vaughn for a while, and I'd see him every couple times uh, driving. And uh, you know, your sister was a background dancer for Danny Fernandez at that one festival. So right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like other Portuguese people. <laughs> <laughs> that is tremendous. Unspoken beef. No, I'm kidding. They're all right.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, how common is the last name uh, Medeiros in uh, Portuguese? Is that like oh. Smith? Like if you had to find a Medeiros yes, in Toronto, yeah. it's like good luck, right? Like could be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be a lot of I know at least three of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right, right. All right. Yeah. All right, man. I think we're done here, man. Give us the plugs. Yeah,
0: man. I'll give us the plugs. Everybody, if you want to follow us on social media, you could do so. Follow us at Podcast Fresh on Instagram, at Podcast Fresh T O on Twitter, and uh, on YouTube and Facebook. Follow us at Podcast Fresh, or search up Podcast Fresh. You you get it. Uh, our personals at Tours Unlimited for Chris on Instagram at Official Underscore Acapello on Instagram for myself. And I think that does it, Chris. What can they expect next week?
1: Next week, we got the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. We'll be back to talk some more. The next two episodes, if you don't follow that show or download it, check it out. Um, Basically, it's about 30% we talk about the Fresh Prince and 70% we just talk about other random stuff. But uh, we're in season three right now. We're reviewing the show, um, the two episodes where... Um, basically it's uh, F- Phil Banks taking on Judge Roberson, Mr. Jefferson himself. Um, he is going to uh, go up for uh, main judge and uh, this Mr. Jefferson is in the way, so we're going to get a conclusion there. On the last two episodes, we did uh, Boys in the Woods, which is when the boys go camping and we have a little heart-to-heart there and uh, here comes the judge, which is kind of like the second episode with uh, Judge Roberson setting up his feud with um phil banks that's the one where will gets arrested so we go through those two and then we prepare ourselves for the denouement the resolution coming up uh next week so by the time this episode drops uh we'll be taping uh that new one uh early next week which was it's gonna be may so we're gonna be in may by that point so should be very very exciting as far as all this rain goes i'm over it i am over the rain i've been working in the rain for two three days now i'm over it um so can't wait till tomorrow i got two appointments one at ten one at twelve i'll be home by two and then i'm done i don't gotta be anywhere till saturday so that should be nice
0: yeah i hauled big ass front doors today in the rain it wasn't fun jesus uh, that was definitely some crap right there but i understand all right uh that's gonna do it for the podcast fresh cafe number 18 we will see you guys next week with another one and until then y'all can stay fresh
1: all right beautiful so exquisite Yeah, Sean Desmond. And who's the other guy? It sounds like Sean Desmond, but it's a different guy. John Crestman.
0: Podcast fresh.